0: Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Wendy Gillespie, sitting in for Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval renaissance and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. This hour, we're exploring the many faces of love. In its various guises, love is tender, desperate, misguided, sweet, jealous, confusing, funny, you name it. We'll hear music with all these elements. Plus a featured release of 18th century Portuguese love songs. Take a quick look back to 17th century Portugal and the legend of the famous lovesick nun Mariana Alcoforado. For much of the second half of the 17th century, Portugal and Spain were intermittently at war. It all started in earnest with the palace coup in December of 1640, during which the Duke of Braganza claimed the throne as King John IV, effectively restoring a Portuguese monarchy after 60 years of Spanish Habsburg rule. But for the Portuguese to keep hold of their tenuous independence, it would mean 28 long years of war. Portugal's 1640 uprising against Spain occurred the same year that a baby girl was christened at the chapel of Santa Maria in Beja, Portugal. During those decades of war, the baby girl, Mariana Alcoforado, grew up, became a nun, fell in love, and had her heart broken the town of Beja was situated in the south of Portugal near the Spanish border, and because of its location, became a home base for military operations. Convents were safe places where girls could receive a good education and take refuge from the war. Probably for these reasons, at least in part, Mariana Alcaforado went to live as a young girl in the convent of the poor ladies, though she wouldn't take her vows until she reached the age of sixteen. The convent would have been glad to take her in since Mariana was born into a wealthy landowning family, and her father's financial patronage to the convent was no doubt needed and welcome. Because of her family's social status, Mariana likely lived in a convent house rather than a common dormitory. And it was through the window of these private quarters that the 25 year old Mariana is said to have first caught a glimpse of her future lover. Noël Bouton, a French nobleman, Marquis of Chamilly. Romantic liaisons in convents, while not accepted, weren't as uncommon as you might think, especially for nuns who entered as children and who may have taken their vows more as a matter of course than as a calling. There are many tales of the intrigues of nuns and their lovers throughout history in poetry and literature. And so it was with Mariana, Her lovely Bouton had been stationed with his troops in 1665 in Beja, and somehow the two met, perhaps through Mariana's brother, who was also a military man. Between encounters, Mariana could gaze out of the window of her convent fortress, pining and dreaming of their next meeting. But the clandestine and desperate relationship couldn't last. Bouton was a French officer on the move, and Mariana... Well, she was a woman consecrated to God. And before long, Bouton, perhaps fearing the consequences of his scandalous seduction of a nun, deserted Marianna and returned home to France. As the story goes, it was with a broken heart that Marianna began writing letters to her lost love. In all, five letters depict the nun's candid emotional journey through a passionate affair. Once wonderfully consuming, and then desperately disillusioning. By the end of the fifth letter, Mariana resolved to be strong, move on, and give up her love for Bouton. Mariana's story and the five love letters bearing her name were an immediate hit with the public when they were published in France in 1669 under the title Les Lettres Portugaises. Whether Mariana really wrote those letters is still questioned. Many literary scholars actually attribute the letters to an imaginative Frenchman named Gabriel Joseph de La Vergne, Comte de Guirag, even though a real nun named Mariana Alcorado did actually exist. Authentic or not, the lover's story touched more than a few hearts. The Portuguese letters were widely circulated with at least 245 editions translated into 13 languages after the first printing in 1669. This has been a look back in time to 17th century Portugal and the story of Mariana Alcoforado. I'm Wendy Gillespie. Ah, love, it's like a red, red rose. It's a many-splendored thing. This hour, we'll hear music that explores this complex and multifaceted human emotion. Let's begin with the English composer Henry Purcell, who said, Love, thou art best of human joys. Ah, how sweet it is to love. Love Songs by Henry Purcell Nancy Argenta performed Ah, How Sweet It Is to Love. Before that, Emma Kirkby sang Love, Thou Art Best with the Academy of Ancient Music. Yes, love is sweet, but oh, when lovers must part. This song by the Renaissance Swiss composer Ludwig Zinfel tells of a man who must take leave of his lover. He begs her not to forget him. And to keep his spirit close to her during his absence. After Zenfil, we'll hear a medieval Galician cantiga that repeats the cries of a lover left alone in the city of Vigo.
1: I'm so
0: Love, when love is lonely. Medieval music from the Galician region, performed by the ensemble Sonus. Before that, we heard Lacatia sing Isshai Dahin by Ludwig Zinfel. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music. Sometimes love is, well, it's complicated. In the 1681 issue of the periodical Mercure Galante, Marc-Antoine Charpentier's setting of a poem by Pierre Corneille tells the story of a very miserable man by the name of Rodrigue, who comes face to face with a no-win situation. Here's his dilemma. Rodrigue is in love with Chimène, But any chance of them being together falls to pieces when Chimène's father insults Rodrigue's father. Rodrigue feels a duty to avenge his father, but if he does, he'll lose Chimène's love. See? He just can't win. Father, mistress, honor, love, Rodrigue is torn.
2: Para, maîtresse, Amour noble and dure, contrainte, aimable, aimable tyrannie. Tous mes plaisirs sont morts, ou ma gloire ternie. L'amour, l'amour, rose, L'autre indigne l'espoir d'une âme généreuse mais enceinte.
0: A French Air by Charpentier, Père Maîtresse, Honneur, Amour, performed by baritone Thomas Van Essen and the ensemble Les Mélanges. Rodrigue was stuck in a difficult situation. Here's another case of love being caught between a rock and a hard place, quite literally. If you remember your Greek mythology, the story of Pygmalion might be familiar the sculptor falls in love with his stone statue instead of his girlfriend. Jean-Philippe Rameau set the story to music in an opera first performed in 1748. It was so incredibly popular that composer Claude Balbasque adapted the overture from Rameau's opera for solo harpsichord. And love is misguided. We heard Balbastre's 18th century transcription of Rameau's Overture to Pygmalion performed by Jory Vinicour. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco, Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America Magazine, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Wendy Gillespie. Welcome back. We're playing music that explores the many facets of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is sweet. Love is complicated. But would you ever say that love is like tobacco? Or is it the other way around? Here's Tobias Hume, proving the point in an air from 1605, which includes the lyrics, Love makes men sail from shore to shore. So doth tobacco. Tis fond love often makes men poor. So doth tobacco. Love makes men scorn all coward fears. So doth tobacco. Love often sets men by the ears. So doth tobacco.
3: Tobacco, tobacco, sings for tobacco, Tobacco, playing Oh, I love it, for you see, I will prove it. You've markedly in the fat man's tumour, the tobacco. whose children still the one on you more, so the tobacco. Malkman's sigh from shore to shore. tobacco, tobacco, prove carnal face. tobacco, Often sets meant her hairs so got tobacco, back to back to top back part of to back split All feet you see.
0: We heard Tobias Hume's air, Tobacco is Like Love, in a performance directed by Nima Ben David, a funny take on the subject to be sure. Here's another funny story about love. After spending a scandalous night with her lover, A nun, who is in a hurry to make it to morning services, jumps out of bed, and instead of putting on her habit, she accidentally wears her lover's underwear on her head, much to the amusement of her sisters. heard the medieval German song Ein Beispiel von Einer Eptissen performed by the Ensemble Peregrina from their CD, "Veiled Desires. Sometimes love can drive you crazy, especially unrequited love. In fact, there's a whole genre from Restoration England of so-called mad songs that express love's erratic and crazy delusions. Here's a mad song by John Eccles, in which Marcella, a beautiful shepherdess from Cordova, realizes that her lover Ambrosio is only leading her on. Poor Marcella subsequently goes insane. When love makes you crazy, we heard Catherine Bott sing John Eccles's I Burn My Brain Consumes to Ashes. What a relief it is when love finally works. Here's some party music from the recording The Triumph of Love, in which the lovers Cloris and Rosie are finally married and the guests celebrate with a little too much wine. The ensemble Camerata Tragic Tina performed country dances and drinking songs from the rustic operetta *The Wedding of Chloris and Rosie* by Dutch librettist Dirk Boisero. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts online at org. Our featured recording, Eighteenth-Century Portuguese Love Songs, explores the distinctly Portuguese song genre of Modginius. Many of the sources for Modginius are anonymous, found in scattered manuscripts, but some of these sensuous and soulful songs were preserved in the Jornal de Modginius that was published twice a month for four and a half years between 1792 and 1796. In addition to the popular vocal genius, the recording has instrumental music by other celebrated 18th-century Portuguese composers, including Antonio da Silva Leite and Pedro Antonio Avondano. The Ensemble, Love and Tour, London, from their 2012 recording of 18th-century Portuguese love songs. We heard an anonymous Modginha, Amina Nerina, followed by a minuet by Pedro Antonio Abandono, and a song called Onde Vas Linda Negrina by Antonio da Silva Leite. Interested in other early music CDs? Each week we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at HarmoniaEarlyMusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any aspect of this program. You can leave a comment or question any time by visiting HarmoniaEarlyMusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writer for this edition of Harmonia is Janelle Davis. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pastash, and our staff, David Wood, John Bailey, and Anna Coogan. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luanne Johnson, and I'm Wendy Gillespie, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia.